the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We were kind of surprised last hour that we didn't have a single call. And evidently, we have figured out now that our phone system is down. So we are really stuck um, right now, but we're working on it. The engineers have been called. Fire trucks have been sent for them. We hear sirens in the background. But uh, there's there's no way around this. Um, I I can't put you on the air if I were to give you a back line to the studio. I couldn't put you on the air. I suppose you could email us, and uh, we could do something about that. Um, Renee, would you go in and just open up my computer, and I'll give my email address, and then you're going to kind of print it, and uh, we'll take those kinds of calls. So my email address is pretty easy. It's mark at salemboys.com. Auto.com. Mark at SalemBoysAuto.com. Hey, Gil, let me ask you a question. Can you call out and bring up a, uh, a person? Oh, I believe I can. Yeah, if uh, you give uh, you can give me uh, a number. Yeah. Number, I'll call them. That's, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Um, you can email us a phone number, and we'll call you. So the email is mark at SalemBoysAuto.com. Mark at Salem, like the cigarette, boys, B-O-Y-S, auto.com. Renee will give that. She'll bring it in here. We'll give Gil, she'll call Gil and give him the number, and uh, we'll go from there. Eddie, would you go in and tell Renee what our plan is? Sure. And um, and so um, she'll get the phone number, and uh, she'll give it, how we can, she needs to call Gil on his cell phone. And his cell phone is in my phone, so take my phone. Okay. And so she'll call Gil and give him the number, and then Gil will call the customer, and then we'll have the old ring dinger, and he has a a horn or something like that that he can notify us. So this is Fred Flintstone at its yeah. finest. All right, let me you know back. about cars and phones. Yeah, we're learning all about cars and phones. So tell Renee that's the plan, and it'll take three of us to put this show on. But we'll talk about cars for a few minutes, and we recognize now that we have a problem, and it's all our problem. But I just want to give you a couple of hints that that I'm often uh, offered people that have saved them money, and they've been gracious enough to call me back and tell me that um, that I've saved them money. And I want you to know that what I'm telling you applies to me, my shop, and everybody I know. It applies to our industry, and it's not rules that I made up. But I was able to put them into words that um, is 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 very important for the consumer. For instance, everybody understands that it's very difficult when you take your car in 
and you give them symptoms, and the shop has to find out what's wrong with it. That's called the diagnostic procedure. Now, Eddie, Eddie actually is an ASE Master Certified Technician, as I am, and Eddie's been working at our repair facility for years and years and years, 29, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, coming up on 29. And um, the diagnostic process, so here's my answer. Here's my question. The diagnostic process, regardless of whether it's an oil leak or my car stalls in the morning or my car races or my car hiccups or we have a check engine light, we have an ABS light, we have a traction control light, we have any dash lights, it can be from what to what in dollars. We're going to speak dollars, not hours. It could be anywhere from, I'll, I could talk about one yesterday in a little while, it could be anywhere from free to thousands of dollars. To find it. To find it and track to find it. it. Well, okay, free, we'll start with free, and then t- typically to find it, we're looking at about probably about 100, 125, and then we'll tell the customer if we can't determine what the problem is in that time frame, then we form a game plan and say, this is what we need to do. This is how much we're going to spend up to to try and find it. it it's, it's always, there's a window. Okay. So we just go go in there and let, let the customer know that, okay, in the first hour we weren't able to find it, but we're pretty confident. In the first we, hundred. Right. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So couldn't find it in the first hundred, but we're pretty confident that in another hundred, hundred and fifty, we'll be able to find it. If we can't, then we're going to stop and we're either going to just say it's going to have to be more consistent or something else is going to have to happen, or we can make an educated guess with your money, and we're going to let them know that right up front, that... And the cars that we've seen and the symptoms you have, this predominantly is what the fix is, most likely. But we just can't find the root. Now, you just gave a worst-case scenario. Would you agree? Right. Because you were talking two, three hundred, four hundred dollars $400 in the diagnostic side. How many times, well, g- give me the range, dollars, that you've charged? Now, in our, in our shop, it's very similar to every other shop in town. The technician typically drives that number, uh-huh. and his skill level and stuff like that. So, certainly... On the low side, give me a low side diagnostic. Um, I would say $50. Okay. And give me a, an example. You said you had an example that you had not too long ago. Yesterday, um, someone brought in a 2006 Honda Odyssey. Okay. And the sliding power doors would not operate. They would not operate with the switch on the dash, would not operate with the key fob, would not operate with the uh, the handles on the inner or outer doors. Okay. I, I don't have a clue. I mean, I, you'd there's, go back to basics and look at the power supply. There's a master switch on the dash, and it was turned off. Hmm. So what'd you charge for that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been an appropriate thing because you're a seasoned guy. Let's assume that the, that the guy that uh, on a 1 to 10 scale, if you're a 10, let's assume the guy was a 6 that was assigned that. Okay. It would take him a while. He'd go in and he'd start looking at power and ground circuits, yes? Right, he might check the fuses first. Yes, go, bingo. So you're going to take out your 12-volt test light or your 12-volt digital volt meter, and you're going to start checking fuses. But don't you have to open up the owner's manual to find out where the fuse is at? Because sometimes cars have two and three panels. Yes. And how long is it going to take you? You start the car and you turn everything on that you can, and you have to go through and check power on both sides of every fuse. Every fuse, every, yeah. Every fuse. And so if the car has three fuse panels in it, is it not likely, correct me if I'm wrong, that you might have to check 50 fuses? Yes. And first of all, you need to find out where they're at. And what we deal with a lot of times is there aren't owner's manuals in these vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> I, or or it's hidden. 
or they never got one or whatever. I, I wasn't going to go. Now, we have software to back that up. Right. We can go on with our programs and find out where the fuses are at. Where the fuse panels are right. at and then where the fuses are at. So this is one where how did you figure out that the switch on the dash was off? Well, the gentleman that brought it in wasn't the owner of the vehicle. Okay. He was bringing it in for a friend. And, uh, you know, I tried the doors. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't work. And I saw the switch on the dash, and I see sliding doors, and it said on. And there was – and so I just, I just flipped the switch, and all of a sudden, as I flipped the switch, I saw a red dot, a painted red dot on the switch. Okay. So I tried the doors, and they worked. Okay. So maybe inadvertently it got switched off at a car wash or someone when someone was uh, cleaning the inside of the vehicle. I don't know. Okay. I just I took the customer out and I said, this is the master switch for the doors. I said, when it's on, you need to have this red dot on. And that's just as the same as if on your the safety on your firearm. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I know all about that. I'm ex-military, so I'll, I'll know that now. Okay. And let me give you an example of something that's similar to that. We worked on a black Escalade. And the lady had said that there, it, it's absolutely important that I have this Escalade back by 6 o'clock closing. So we worked on it diligently, and we fixed the problem. So we're getting ready to deliver it to her. And the technician had said that obviously this lady was about 2 feet tall because the seat was within inches of the steering wheel. Right. And the, and the pedals and everything were for obviously. Now, that's a difficult thing for technicians to deal with because of this reason the problem is is that you might be six foot four and you need to get into this car how are we going to put the seat back the way we found it and that's difficult at best right so what happens is is the technician pulls it around who worked on it and goes to put the seat back where it was and it doesn't go back where it was it doesn't move and we're in really big trouble because she needs this at six o'clock uh-huh so we call her and tell her we've got this problem that the seat doesn't work. And so we go into master panic. And so Adam's out there, I'm out there, Sean's out there, and we're trying to figure this thing out. The first thing we do is pull the owner's manual out, and it has three fuse panels. Now we have to, we can't figure out that there's not really a fuse for the the seats and the mirrors and the f- pedals, all of those. Okay. So you already know the answer because I can tell by the look on your face. So we go in and we look at the wiring diagram, and they all end up at the front seat module. And the front seat module has a fuse. <laughs> so there's no fuse for the steering wheel. There's no fuse for the seat. There's no fuse for the, for the pedals or the mirrors. They all come out of the module that runs that entire driver's side. So we test the fuse, um, and it lights both sides. And then all of a sudden, everything starts working. So we pull the fuse out, and there's a little corrosion on it. We clean that up. We go get a new fuse. We plug it in, and we mess around with it, in and out, in and out, in and out, move it around. We did everything we could, and we couldn't get it not to work again. So... We just put the car back together. We delivered it to our house, and we said, we're really sorry for the delay, but this fuse caused the problem. Right. And we weren't even in that direction. We weren't even there. We we just never were there. But I suspect that she's the primary driver, and nobody had moved any of that for 100 years. So the technician gets in, and he rolls the seat all the way to the back. He drops the pedals down, and he lifts the steering wheel away from the, the seat. 
during that period of time, we probably exercised a circuit that hadn't been lit in a long time. Right. And the demand of moving all those motors probably caused the corrosion to, to raise its ugly head. In spite of that, we wouldn't have had three or four guys working on it, but one guy would have picked that up within the first 40 minutes, I would imagine. Yes. And they're actually using that module as a central hub for communication for all those devices. Exactly, exactly. So it was a difficult thing. So from the average point of view, with dollars, not hours, but dollars, because, folks, the reason why I don't want to talk hours is because everybody has a different hourly rate. There's a dealer in town that starts at 85 for the first hour, so he kicks everybody's butt when it comes to, if you call around for a labor rate, he's, you're going to go, oh, well, he's 85. That's fine, but it's 144 after that. So you get the first hour for 85, and everything after that's 144. Well, the average in our area is 121 of the of the 10, 30 or 40 shops in our area. Andy, my daughter, does that that analysis. We do everybody's labor rate, and I think the average in our area is 121. What? So that's the independents and the dealers? Uh, yeah, everybody. Tire stores, independents, dealers, everybody in our geographical area. What's our labor rate? 118. Okay, because I thought we were under the average. They had picked 118 to be slightly under the average. In spite of the fact that we think we're a little over the average, we're still billing it under the average. Yes. And that's the common perception that I'm faced with all the time, is people look at us and think we're expensive. They do that to a lot of shops. It's just we're not the only guys in town. Greg down the street, he has a nice shop. And people look at him and they think, oh, he's naturally expensive. And that really isn't the truth. So from my question to you is simple. From a global point of view, what's the average dollar you spend on diagnostics of vibrations, of oil leaks, of check engine lights, of ABS lights, air conditioning, sometimes blow through the center vent, approximately? Give me some kind of a window of diagnostic money. I would say, if I had to break it all down, 75 to 150. Okay. And, and how often do you exceed 150? Maybe 10% of the time. Okay, how many times a month do you exceed 150? Well, it really depends on the on the car load, but I would say three or four. Okay, all it's right. not that often. How many times a month do you exceed 200? Maybe once. Okay, all right. And, and because you do the majority of our diagnostic work, along with Jason and along with Scott and along with Ron, but you, the load of the diagnostic is oftentimes on your shoulder. That's just kind of the, the parameters I wanted. I'm not coaching you. you know, yes. the, the, they, they don't know that, but you and I both know. I'm not coaching you. But just for the diagnostic purposes. So when we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that. We'll be back right after this. Hello. I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle Right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. 
If you had the ability to reanimate one of the founding fathers and showed Ben Franklin or John Adams how flippantly this current generation takes free speech, they would never stop throwing up. The freedom to think and speak candidly about one believes is being opposed and in some cases eliminated. And the once prized American tenet of free speech is under attack everywhere. It's No Safe Spaces coming to Grand Canyon University Arena, February 27th. A raucous evening of laughs, insight, and unfiltered commentary with Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. Tackling the problematic decay of free speech from the perspective of two men who make their living with their words and be a part of history as the event is filmed for their No Safe Spaces movie. Tickets at 960thepatriot.com. And don't miss out on the limited VIP meet and greet tickets while they last. No Safe Spaces, February 27th at Grand Canyon University. Tickets at 960thepatriot.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We're having phone problems down at the studio. And, um, and folks, I'm not upset about this because um, our equipment has caused problems um, over the last year. And just recently, we dumped a bunch of our equipment because we transmit to this radio station, and then they transmit it um, over to you. And um, and we just recently purchased some new equipment, and we hope that that will fix the problem on our end. But this is the first time since we've been here since 2011 that KKNT has crashed, and their phone system has evidently crashed. So we're working on this. Here's how you can uh, get on the phone and have a car question. This is how you do it. You send an email to Mark at SalemBoysAuto.com. My wife will get that email at Mark at SalemBoysAuto.com. All we need is your name and your phone number. Then Renee's going to call Gil's cell phone. He's the engineer. And Gil's going to call you. (laughs) And so then Gil can put you on the radio because he's calling you. And so the incoming lines are somewhat defective, but the outgoing lines aren't. So as a result of that, Gil can call you and then pot you up, so to speak, in radio lingo, and we'll go from there. So, Eddie, well, first of all, let me tell you about Automatic Transmission Exchange. Automatic Transmission Exchange has been in Phoenix for a very long time. As a matter of fact, he's one of the oldest businesses in Phoenix at 1968 in the car repair industry under the same ownership. Phil and his staff work on transmissions. They diagnose them, they repair them, they replace them. They have a a transmission dynamometer, which means they can actually test the operation of your transmission before they put it in, which is is really nice because everybody else has to put it in and then find out they did something wrong and take it back out, which is going to hang your car up for a couple days. So every transmission is thoroughly tested if they have to take it out. So if you live in Central Phoenix, Automatic Transmission Exchange is located at 40th Street in Washington, and that's a pretty doggone good transmission shop. Eddie. Eddie is a master tech. I'm a master tech. We work together. It's not important where we work. But the idea is, is I was talking about when you take your car in, it's a good idea to ask for parameters for this diagnostic time. Right. And so is it, I think the industry is going to, everybody's going to settle on 50 on the low side to 125, maybe 150 on the high side. Yes? That's pretty fair. Okay. that's I'm trying to cover 75 right. to 90% of our industry. There's going to be some guys that are going to go 50 and then turn around and hit you between the eyes with a big one. There's going to be some guys that are going to set the worst case scenario on the 150 and we'll call you after that. But the idea is is that that diagnostic is going to learn, lead to a repair estimate. Correct. So it's a three-part deal. It's diagnostic, then the part and the labor to fix your problem. 
unless, of course, we fix the problem when we do the diagnosis. And that's that is happens happens, and then also sometimes there's a portion of that uh, diagnostic charge that can go towards the repair. Let's it, say you've got an air conditioning leak. Okay. And we think it might be the evaporator. Okay. Which is underneath, underneath the, dash the dash behind the glove box. And so we physically, if we can, want to lay eyes on that. So we may have to pull out the blower motor and the blower resistor. So if we see that, okay, we get to where we can see the evaporator. We haven't taken it out, but we can see through a window of the ductwork that, yes, it's leaking. Leaking oil, which means it's a Freon leak. Right. Okay. That uh, now some of that diagnostic labor where we had to pull the blower and that stuff out, that can go towards repair because that's already out. There should be a credit on the evaporator all by itself. So the evaporator pays 2.1 hours. So we're going to charge you 2.1 hours to to replace the evaporator, but we're also going to discount three-tenths of an hour for the blower motor or half an hour for the blower motor. So another example of fixing it during the diagnostic process is is you've got a lean code, a computer. You've got a check engine light with a lean code. Okay. By the time you find the lean code, there's a good chance you've already fixed it. Yes. And and finding it means I found the vacuum line that's been yanked off. I found the vacuum line that broke off. I found the EGR valve is stuck open. I found that the fuel filter's plugged up. I found that. And so so it's kind of like I'm going to charge you $100 to find it and a buck to fix it, right? That happens, yeah, a lot, especially with those kind of symptoms. Because we have to go in, we're looking at fuel trims, and, okay, well, so we find a vacuum leak. Wait a minute. Fuel trims is a gauge that shows that the engine predominantly has been running w- with the abundance of fuel versus the lack of fuel. Right, and the, and the baseline is zero. Okay, and it's also, and when we look at fuel trims, we can look at long-term and short-term yep. fuel trims. So we can look at right now, and then we can look at last week or for the last five days. That's correct. So the fuel trims, if we have a right-now lean condition, and it's not showing up on the big picture of the fuel trims over the last week, we know it's something recent. Correct. And we know it's something that just happened. So I just, I'm trying to draw the picture, yeah. but you go ahead. Yeah, so we're looking at fuel trims. Our short terms are skewed to the positive, which means we have a lean condition because it's adding fuel. Absence of fuel. Right. Okay. So we may smoke test the air induction system or just visually look around or um, and some places you can just spray some brake clean and watch your fuel trim, trims and listen to the idle. The idle goes up, fuel trims go down. We know that we can concentrate in that area where sometimes we can't even see, but we know that all of a sudden we've ingested some fuel and we made a difference and now we focus in on that area. So it could be a split in the upper intake, it could be a bad intake gasket, it could be a hose that's split or a hose that's off. Right. We're artificially inseminating the engine with fuel. Uh-huh. We expect to see that rise. We see the RPMs rise, and we see the fuel trim change when we get to the leak. Correct. So we're looking for the leak. We can use propane, brake fluid, carb cleaner. We could use whiskey in a spray bottle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're laughing, but you could. Right. You could use alcohol. Well, I just thought of Ron when you said whiskey in a spray oh, bottle. <laughs> don't say that. I'm just teasing. He'll come and he'll, he'll hunt us down. <laughs> he'll hunt us down. So we have a technician, Ron, and he has an empty whiskey bottle on his toolbox, and everybody wants to know the story behind it, and he won't tell us. And so it's got to be a good story, so yes. someday he'll tell us. Nevertheless. So we've got this diagnostic process that there's going to be an estimate on. What percentage of the estimates are you going to go past the original number you gave? And and let's assume that the original number you gave was 75 to 125. What percentage exceed the 125? Well, I really can't um, unless we okay with the customer first. No, no. What percentage are you going to ask for more oh, money? Oh, afterwards. Yes. 
Oh, um, I would say maybe 30%. Okay, so a third of them you're going to yes. ask for more. So tell me on the cap on the second request for money, for diagnostic money. That's 125 is going to grow to approximately what of those 30%? Um, Are you going to go over 200? Yes, yes. Okay, so 30% of them are going to go over 200. Yes. Okay, and what percentage, I mean, keep going. Is 30% of them going to be over two and a quarter? Well, then it it drops down drastically after you I mean, once you get past uh, the two hundred dollar mark. Because okay. really, if you don't, if you haven't have an idea where to go or formed a game plan in that the first two hundred dollars, then you're you, going to swim you, for a long time. Yeah, you may not really know what you're actually looking for. And and here's the here's the issue: when you go into the shop, you have to ask that question. If we get deep into this diagnostic process, what happens if you can't find it? Right, and a lot of times you just you have to eat your labor. You're just you know, you'll you'll take the you'll charge them the original 125, and we said, you know what, we worked on it for another 150 dollars, we didn't find it, so we're going to scale that back and just charge you. Well, the we original. quoted you on the front side, and that typically is because we can't get the symptom to duplicate. Correct. We can't get the car to act up in front of us. So you have this, the conversation with the customer is is you have no choice. We have to start guessing with your money. Or we're going to wait till it gets worse and easier to find. Those are the only two options. Right. There is no other option. All right. As far as as the shop in front of you is concerned. So if the shop, no matter who the shop is, the shop says to you, you have two choices. I can't duplicate, and that's the biggest problem we have. Right. Is the is the problem in the car happens on Tuesdays at eleven o'clock, and or it happens cold in the morning, so you leave it overnight, and it doesn't happen to us. Or it happens after I've driven on the freeway for fifty miles. Well. That's $50 right there for us to go drive your car. So if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And we're going to have a lot of equipment hooked up to it. So we're watching fuel trims. We've got our scanners. We've got all that kind of stuff, fuel pressure and stuff like yes. that. So those are the issues. If you want to talk, uh, go to Mark, Mark at MarkSalem.com. Leave your phone number and your name. Mark at MarkSalem.com. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. 
Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. The following is a paid political announcement. Are you ready to make America great again? That was Phil Lovis at the Trump rally in Prescott weeks before the election. While the liberal media said Trump didn't stand a chance, Phil Lovis was the first Arizona legislator to endorse Donald Trump and become the statewide chairman for the presidential campaign. Phil Lovis was a conservative leader in the state legislature, pro-life, supports tax cuts, and defending the Second Amendment. I'm Phil Lovis. I'm running for Congress to support the president's agenda and drain the swamp. That means term limits and ending pensions for members of Congress, like I did for Arizona legislators. I'll protect American jobs and fund a strong military. And even though it angers the liberal media, we need to build a wall and protect our southern border. And know this, I'll stand up for the West Valley and support our president. Bill Lovis, with Trump early, with President Trump now. Paid for by Lovis for Congress. I'm Phil Lovis, and I approve this message. Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older. There is, but you actually have to be 65. Very flattering. Thanks. I'm Judith Light. You know who I am, right? I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age, and I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people. Well, I don't think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65. Okay. What if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. Nope. How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Huh. Flu season is here, and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can worsen with the flu. I'm so sorry about that. I thought you were like 35. Don't apologize. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older. All about that demon, all the more we're having phone troubles and uh i apologize for that there's just nothing we can do about it but we have a workaround here's the workaround you you go on and you send an email to mark at salemboysauto.com my wife is sitting at my desk and um, we we transmit from our building um we've been transmitting from this building since 1988 so it's uh something that we've done it's comfortable for us and it's closer to our home and it's easier for us so anyway my wife's sitting at my desk at work if you send an email to mark at marksalem.com then give us your name and your phone number then renee's going to call gil's cell phone and he's going to call you from the radio station and then we're going to talk you and i are going to talk so that's the only thing we've got to offer but we're talking about diagnostic time and we're talking about what customers can say in the self-defense for car expense mode okay all right so I tell people all the time, guessing is an acceptable thing on, a, on an attempted repair unless it's represented as a fix and it turns out to be a guess. 
That's correct. There's a difference, right. a fix and a guess. So I tell folks, and I have for years and years and years, and this represents the industry that I know of that's a good part of the industry. There's always this fringe group that plays doesn't play by the rules. So I would say that fringe group could be as little as 10% and could be as much as 25% of our industry. Right. I think the overwhelming majority of us are honest and good people, and we don't have problems like yeah, that. And unfortunately, I mean, a lot of it sometimes is demographics. There are some portions of the United States where that the use of scare tactics and unauthor, un, unethical repairs is clustered in certain areas and I, I really don't know why that is. Oh and and I don't either. I, I don't either. I I think it's just a habit that's ignored by management or perhaps management doesn't have the skills necessary to identify those habits. We have people in our industry that used to be telephone repairmen, nothing wrong with telephone repairmen, that have become owners of auto repair shops. Likewise, it would be the same as if an auto repair guy became an expert in the telephone repair business. Right. It, it it's, it's, doesn't translate well. So anyway, so I, I tell people, and, th- and they hold my shop in, in, in the same kind of light, you come in and you get a diagnostic money, and then when they call you back, you say, is this a guess or a fix? Because if we're guessing, I want to know whose guess money we're guessing with, yours or mine. The shop, are you guessing with your money or are you guessing with my money? There is an appropriate time to guess. Yes. And, and I can give hundreds of examples. You have a problem that sounds like, smells like a fuel pump problem. I noticed your gas gauge is at less than a quarter. Do you usually drive it that way? Yes, I do. Okay, I want you to fill it up and I want you to run off the top fourth of the tank and see if there's a difference. So they go out and they do that, and they call you back and say, yes, there's a difference. Haven't they helped us right there? Yes, absolutely. Because the fuel pump in most cars today is in the fuel tank, and it's cooled and lubricated by the gas in the tank. But the high school and the college kids who run off the bottom fourth of the tank expose the fuel pump to no lubrication and no cooling. And as a result of that, oftentimes the the fuel pump takes a beating. Yes, so if we have you fill up the car, or if you walked in the door and said, I've got this problem when I'm down below a quarter, and it goes away once I fill it up, wow, wouldn't we love that? Yes. Wouldn't we love that? Now, that might be a situation where you say, bring it back when it's a quarter or less. We hook a fuel pressure gauge to it, and we go drive it. And if we experience it and the fuel pressure drops, boom, we're done, right? Yep. The customer's done their diagnostic. They saved themselves a lot of money. Through, through constant education with the shop. But the idea is is there's an appropriate time to guess. Absolutely. And typically, we do it when it's something that's, something that's going to leave you stranded or here in Arizona, a comfort issue. If we have an AC issue and you run the AC for 30 minutes and all of a sudden it stops and it's not it's not blowing cold at all, all of a sudden you get ambient air, that might be something we guess on because a mom, she's got three kids and it's 120 degrees outside. All of a sudden, the inside of the vehicle is 110 degrees and they're sweating bullets. But it wouldn't be we were going to guess on an $800 compressor. No, no, no. It'd be a low-pressure switch or a high-pressure switch, or we might wire around the climate control switch. Yes. And, and we would do something like that that we would charge for in an effort to isolate the problem. But it's not like we're going to say, oh, we're going to put a compressor in there and we're hoping that's going to fix it for eight or $900. That's not going to happen. Right. So it's going to be something that's technical, more of a technical. So you put in a, a low-pressure switch, which has the ability to do exactly what the symptoms are doing. To cycle the air conditioning, to cycle, turn it off. Exactly. And so we're going to replace that with a new one, and your gamble here is less than $100. Oh, yes. So so we're going to do that. So 
it's it's a really important that our industry identify who's guessing with whose money. Now, there's been times, I, I'm going to admit, there's been times that we've guessed with our money, and we've lost. Yes. <laughs> and, and there's times that, that my staff has thumped their chest and said, oh, we got this, and they didn't get it. So there's been times that I've had to eat those kinds of repairs. So it, it just goes with the territory. It goes with the territory. Have you ever screwed up a car that I've had to pay for? Oh, yeah. Okay. Can you tell me which one? Um, I'm trying to think. There was a a Bronco I backed into the overhead door. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, at that point, I was on the, the east side of the building. So it was early in the morning. The sun was shining through. So I lowered the, the, the door so I wasn't facing the glare of the sun. Then I got in to back it out, and I forgot to hide the door down. And, and you scraped the roof off yeah. of it. Yeah. I remember that one. That but but that was one that you couldn't you you couldn't deny right right it was just everybody in the shop heard you hit the door <laughs> so what but we're gonna when we come back what about a guess that you took that didn't turn out well or a diagnosis that you took that didn't turn out well okay. that's what we're gonna talk about so email is mark with a K mark at marksalem dot com put your phone number and your name. That name, my wife will pick that up off of my uh, PC on my desk. She's going to call Gil, the engineer, and Gil's going to call you and put you on the air. Then he's going to say in my headphones, I've got Phil uh, on the air for you. And that's how we're going to do it because we don't have any other way to do it right now. We've got a phone problem down at the studio, and we're working around it. So we'll be back right after this. Hello, I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-679-5745. 1-800-679-5745. That's 1-800-679-5745. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma the second most common cancer in young adults and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. 
Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. Welcome back, everybody. Our phone system is down, and so we're trying a variety of ways to get you on the air if you have a car question, and we apologize for the, uh, we apologize. It's it's all there is we can do. We apologize on behalf of KKNT and Mark Salem. We're really sorry. Here's what we want to try. We're going to try something different. We're going to go to, to a different email address, and uh, the email address is talk, T-A-L-K, the number two in my last name, Salem, at AOL.com. Talk the number two Salem at AOL.com. So you'd write down your phone number and your name, and then we're going to get that to the radio station. They're going to call you and put you on the air, and then they'll tell me in my ear. They'll say, hey, we've got Eddie on line three, and I'll pull you up. Let me tell you about S&S Tire. S&S Tire is on the west side. Um, I respect the people that own S&S Tires. I know that they are a good part of our industry, they're not the kind of industry that we're talking about right now, which is the 25 percenter. And so those are the important things as far as I'm concerned. But they have three locations, and they've been around since 1976. They have three locations, one in Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. They have the most comprehensive groups of tires that I've ever seen in this respect. You can take your car, your truck, your motor home. You can take anything to SNS, and they'll give you three prices that's out-the-door pricing for four tires, six tires, and that's mounted and balancing, FET, and sales tax. And they'll give you three, so it's good, better, best. And you can decide what suits you. Now, they have wheelbarrow to tractors and everything in between. So that's S&S Tire, three locations, West Valley, Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. And I know they're honest and dependable, and they're not going to take advantage of you. So we're talking about you making a guess that you thought was a diagnosis. We've all done that. Right. And and it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, this was a mid-70s Ford. It had uh, an aftermarket distributor. Wait a minute. You're already forgiven. It was a Ford? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> You're already forgiven. I'm teasing you. Go ahead. It was, you know, aftermarket distributor. It was a little bit of a hot rod car. And when it got warm, it would misfire and buck and spit. And so... In my diagnosis, I was looking at the, the signal to the ignition coil, and it was erratic. So I said, well, it, it needs a distributor. Okay. So I, the customer okayed the distributor, put the distributor in, and a half hour later, it was doing the same thing. Okay. Well, it turned out to be the ignition coil itself. Okay. The, the circuit in the coil intermittently would go open, and I interpreted that as a loss of signal from the distributor. Okay, so in a, in a nutshell, the distributor talks to the coil, mm-hmm. and so the the signal looked effective from the signal to the coil, but in reality, the coil was crashing, and it was contaminating the signal. That's right? it. Right? Correct. Okay, go. Yeah, so... Uh, How'd you unwind that deal? Well, I had to pull the distributor out, put the, his old distributor back in, we sold him an ignition coil, adjusted the, uh, the labor for the coil versus the distributor, okay. and uh, we just had to hold on to the... The distributor and 
we should probably still have it. Yeah. So is it a Mallory or is it yeah, a... Yeah, it, it was a Mallory. Okay. So yeah. we have one in inventory. That's okay. That's okay. It's called a test part. Yes. That's what it's called. It's a test part from now on. That happens to us once or twice a year for yep. sure. There, there's no question. I'm paying for that once or twice a year. That's just all there is to it. Our industry, I'd say 75% of our industry would do just exactly that. I'd say 25% would say, oh, it needed a distributor and a coil. Right. And I think that that's kind of... Now, the self-defense mechanism for that is, is I want my parts, old parts back. Right. Okay? So if you want your old parts back and you really think that they may have taken advantage of you, you could pay somebody else to put a coil on it. So put the old coil back on it. Right? Correct. Now, the coil, to put it back on it, to swap the coil would cost what in dollars at most shops? $30. That's exactly the number I was going to say. 30 bucks. So $30 to swap the coil. So you put the old coil back on, you take the new one, you put it in your pocket or put it in your glove box, and all of a sudden it starts acting up again. So you put the coil back on, the new coil back on, and maybe you swap the distributor. That's a little bit more than $30. Yes. Okay. So then you find out it runs fine with the new coil. That's a dilemma. Yeah. Uh, it, there's other times that it's easier than that, but you, this description is kind of tough. Right. I mean, and there are some times where there is more than one part that needs to be replaced in, in, to repair the vehicle. But, you know, you're always a little leery when, well, it needed this, but then now it needs this, and now it needs this. But typically it's, well, the ones we see are the blower resistor is burnt up. Well, it, it needs a blower resistor mm-hmm. because it doesn't even work. But you have to be able to forewarn the customer that typically blower resistors don't go out just by themselves. It's because the blower motor is bad and it's drawing too much current through the through the resistor. So we tell them we can't even get can't get the blower motor to work because the resistor is bad. So we need to put a resistor on it first to get the blower motor to work. Then we can do some amp draws on the current going to the blower motor and see is it drawing too much current? Is this why we burnt up the original? Blower resistor. Okay, Mr. Big Shot, what's a, what's the motor going to blow? Or uh, what's the motor going to draw in amps? Well, it depends on the speed. Okay. We'll, we'll say high speed. Okay. I, you know, I was going to try to trick you. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. All right, let's go low and high. Uh, well, let's say we got four speeds. Okay. Okay. So we'll start with the highest and go down the lowest. So okay. we're probably, there's there's really going to be two two specs for each speed. Well, okay. at least at least one for high because... I, I'm going to guess the high. Okay. All right. And you got your number yeah. in your head? Yeah. I'm thinking 15 to 20 amps on the top end because it's probably a 20 amp or less circuit. Right. So I'm at 15 or 20. On low side, I'm thinking we're going to be 5, 6, 7 to 10, right? Right. So we that's kind of a universal that, And that's thing. exactly and what I was going to say is let's say your fan is set on high already and it doesn't come on until you turn your mode switch mm-hmm. from off to floor or whatever. We're going to have that initial kick yep. when we start the blower motor. So we're going to see our current spike up to maybe 17 amps. And then once we get to cruising speed, mm-hmm. then we're going to drop down to about 50 or right. 15. Let me explain that in radio terms. When you're pushing on a car, it's harder to get it moving than keep it moving. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> so as as we're pushing the car through the shop, then it's harder to get it to move and then, then keep it moving. Mm-hmm. All right. So th- that that... And I'll give you another example. You used a blower motor resistor. I'm going to give a better example, I think. The blower switch. Okay. Because it's a one, two, three. Battery feeds the switch, the blower switch, mm-hmm. and the blower switch feeds the motor. So if the motor starts drawing heavy amps, it has to go through the switch. Correct. 
and that switch is going to take a beating because it's only designed to handle 15 amps or so, and all of a sudden the blower motor is sucking 22, 25 amps. Well, all that electricity has to go through the blower switch. Mm -hmm. So almost always it's going to fail, and you have to leave that door wide open. Now, there's no duplication of labor on that. So the blower motor is over by the glove box. Right. But the mode switch, the fan switch, is in the center of the dash. There is no duplication there. But the resistor and the blower motor are oftentimes right next to one another. Very close to each other. So if you're going to sell them a resistor and a blower motor, there probably is not going to be a significant amount of add-on labor. You'll have the resistor and a little bit of labor. Mm -hmm. But you won't have big-time labor. You won't have the R&R remove and replace all by itself. Yeah, and that blower switch scenario is the classic killing the messenger. Yes. Is that, yes, yes, the switch is bad, but it's not because the switch is bad. It's because the the blower motor is bad. You bring up a great point because oftentimes we see the switch is bad because it took a beating because the blower motor is sucking too much electricity. So you replace the switch, but it's just going to go out again. So if that happens, the shop has two choices. I need to put a blower motor in it. Let's see how that lasts. Or they're going to say, oh, the switch was bad, and they put another one in it. Right. And that's that's kind of not what it's supposed to happen. You're supposed to be smarter than that. If the if you put a name brand switch in it, then it probably shouldn't go bad. Right. If the first switch lasted 15 years and the switch you just put in lasted 15 days. Or or three months or four right. months or five months, depending on whether you're using your climate control. Well, I mean, there's some times of the year, there's at least one or two days a year we're not using our heater or our air conditioning. <laughs> Do you know how cold it's been up north? Oh, I bet it's probably been the teens. Every morning, it's the teens. See, I get up at 5 o'clock because Jet, my my dog, wakes me up. So I have to go out in the backyard with her. And to walk outside, I look at the temperature, and if it's 12 to to 20, I'm going to be a little cold in my boxer shorts and my heavy jacket. (laughs) I hate to paint that picture for you, but I got slippers on, and I'm just taking the dog outside. So it's pretty doggone cold. If it's north of 45, I'm okay. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't need a jacket. But anyway, that's it's been really cold. And we had about two inches of snow on that last storm. And that it really got cold. It got down to about 10. We're kind of in a valley, and we've got a lot of water underneath us. Mm-hmm. So we have this inversion, according to the Weather Service, this inversion area where the cold air comes down and camps because cold is supposed to be heavier than hot. Yes. So cold sits down on the ground, and we're kind of in a valley. So it's been really cold. The other morning I woke up, and I went out to the barn to turn on the hose to 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 fill the trough up. The hose was frozen, the valve was frozen, the water was frozen on the horse's trough. I was going to ask you, you had to go out and break the water in the I troughs. Do. I you don't do. have a heating element? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, it, it's a matter of taking your fist with a glove <laughs> and beating. Now, sometimes it'll be an inch thick, and then you have to go get a, an implement, so to speak. So I got a pipe wrench close by. I just bust it with the pipe wrench. But most of the time, if it's just a real thin layer of ice, the horses will break it with their own own stuff but it's not that bad in the horse arena because the horses hair over during the winter oh yeah they got their winter coat on right they got their winter coat on and you never see a horse shivering (laughs) at least not above zero as far as i'm concerned so when we come back we're going to talk more about the 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 fixing of your car um we've already covered that uh you have to say to them uh, is this a guess or a fix that's a magic question in my mind is that this a separates them in from the boys for sure. Oh, yeah. Now, the problem with that is is the service rider may jump to that before he walks out. Him or her walks out to ask the tech. That's the sin. 
Right. The service writer really has a responsibility to say, I'll call you back. And they need to go eyeball to eyeball. Now, the service writer typically has little or any mechanical experience. They are a communicator between the shop and the technician and the customer. Yeah, the, actually, and they really should be the liaison for the customer. Uh, that's a big problem. So if, they're, if they don't know the difference and they got a technician who's selling a blower switch and a blower motor every single car, then they, they, they have to do that. But anyway, the, the service rider needs to go check, and they need to say to the technician, is this a gas or a fix? I need to know they're asking. Now, the, the fallback is this. Ask for your old parts back. Yep. There's two reasons. Do you know what the two reasons are that I tell people to ask for their old parts back? Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, one is so you can see what they replaced, mm-hmm. and you know that they replaced it. All right. But then there's a list of other reasons why you give customer their parts back. But you don't know the other one. Well, I do. I know all of them. Okay. Well, one is so you, you're not throwing all that stuff in your dumpster. And it so, reduces my trash yeah, bill. <laughs> yeah. People laugh at that, but it's true. I used to have to have the dumpster dumped three times a week, and now I only do it once a week. And they're throwing it in their trash, but it's better for them. So I say to them, keep the old part in the box. We put the part, the old part in the, No, we don't give them their fuil filters back right, or, oil or filters. their filters. We don't do that. But give them the old part in the box. And then don't throw that away until you're absolutely sure I fixed it. Because if I didn't fix it, I would really like to put your old part back in. I would right. like to do that. Obviously, they're not going to hang on to a cabin air filter or an air filter for, for you know, a month. They're going to look at it. Yes, this is dirty. Yeah. And that, that, um, that happens sometimes. I remember a guy came back in with his cabin filter, and he was pissed. And he said, I'm, I'm mad at you, and this is what, why. And he shows me the cabin filter. So I turned the cabin filter upside down, and I beat it on the counter. Quite a bit of dirt came out. And he goes, so? And I said, well, let me go get a new one and show you what a new one looks like. But there was no talking to him, so I just gave him his money back. But I also blackballed his file. Uh-huh. So he ain't coming back because that was, that was, that was unnecessary. But it's, it's, it's pretty easy. And we usually put those really dirty air filters in a plastic bag or something right. like that to protect them from the car. But we want the customer to look at the part. So if we give them a, an oil pressure switch that's in a plastic bag and it's all oily and we can show them a new one that doesn't have any oil on it, then that's your oil leak. Correct. There's no question. And if not, bring it back. We'll stick it in. We'll put the old one back in and we'll show you that it is the oil leak. So those are the kinds of things that happen. Anyway, when you talk about good auto repair shops, you have to talk about Air Park Auto. Air Park Auto's been in business since 1985 in the Scottsdale Air Park. They're on Raintree, just east of Hayden, just south of Frank Lloyd Wright. Nadine and Stacy opened up Air Park Auto a long time ago, and Stacy passed away. Nadine decided to stay with the shop. Now, she's been at the front counter for years and years and years. She's been at Stacy's sides for 10, 20 years. She knows cars like my daughter, Andy. Uh-huh. They know cars. The women know cars. To walk up to the front counter and be faced with Nadine might be a mistake if you decide to start talking techie because she's been there and done that before. Nevertheless, Nadine is a very honest lady. She runs a shop that's dominated by males, and she knows the difference between when she's being lied to and when she's not. So she has a good staff. So if you live in the Air Park area, up in the northeast corner of Scottsdale, which is south of Frank Lloyd Wright or north of Frank Lloyd Wright, and around the 101 and Frank Lloyd Wright, then if you don't have a repair shop, may I suggest that you go to Air Park Auto, and that, like I say, they're on Rain Tree, just east of Hayden in uh, Scottsdale. His name is Eddie Caruso. My name is Mark Sandin. We're having phone problems, so we're talking about cars. We hope you enjoy this, and I apologize that we made this mess. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.